today we're going to talk about God's kingdom purpose in the Amos 9:13 blessing. Because we want to stay focused on the total picture because it's so easy for us to say, "Ooh, houses, land, ooh, blessing, blessing, blessing." And everything dripping off and you know, it's so easy to get materially minded when we talk about the blessings of God. But the blessings are always spiritual empowerment. <clears throat> the blessing of God <clears throat> spoken of is always a spiritual empowerment to obtain. Well, spiritual empowerment to obtain. Uh, one of the we see an example of that with the two sons, Jacob and Esau, uh, where Jacob was able to trick Esau into releasing his birthright to him. Everybody who's born again has a kingdom birthright. You have the right to an inheritance in God. Whether you receive the blessing, though, is a different story. Blessings come because of obedience to the covenant. You can't be blessed. Blessings are like, uh, to me, it's like rain or it's like uh, anything that would come to you in the atmosphere, you have to be positioned properly for the blessing to fall upon your life. It's a matter of positioning. Uh, I can remember my dad used to have funny little sayings. And I, when I think about the blessing uh, and, and getting it or missing it, he would say, he said, if it started raining dollar bills, I'd be caught with boxing gloves on you know, I mean, he had all kind of little crazy sayings like that, you know, bad luck story type things. But it, that's the story of Esau. He was positioned with a birthright and could have had the blessing, but he didn't, wasn't, didn't position himself to receive it. And so God said, Jacob, I have loved. Jacob was a thief, a trickster. But God said, I can work with him because he after, he's after the right thing. See? It's like he works with all of us. Amen. He's got something to work with in all of us. But if we're after the right thing, he can work with us. I always say it's easier to stop a runaway horse or a runaway freight train than try to beat a dead horse. You can't make it come to life. It has to come to life by its own, so to speak, motivation. God can do anything with any of us if we'll get up and believe him. And go toward the blessing. But if we won't move toward the blessing, there's not a whole lot he can do. He motivates us. He loves us. He wants to encourage us. And he does encourage us on a continual basis. I can't tell you the ways that God encourages people. But yet there are people that don't want to humble themselves to receive what God has. It takes humility, not greed. To receive from God. You, you have to humble yourself. Amen. And you have to admit. You know what. I am in need in my life. And, and I need God in a great way. And, and humble yourself and listen. Listen and receive what he has for you. You know pride says it's not for me. Pride says I don't need it. I don't want it. You know I've got enough. And you don't have anything. You know if you don't have, if you don't have good relationship with God. You don't, you're bankrupt. And so I'll trade relationship for goods any day, but I know I don't have to because if I have relationship, I have goods because they're promised to me, you see. So you don't have to trade off one for the other. You don't have to. You're not more pious because of what you lack. I'm going to say it again. You're not more pious because of what you lack. Neither are you more holy because of what you possess. 
It all comes from relationship with God. Are you are you properly related to the Lord? Are you going after God with everything that's in you? Amen. Are you being possessed by God? Are you allowing God to have his total way in your life? And so the God's kingdom purpose, though, for for the Amos 913 blessing has to do with endowing a people who will just receive whatever God has for them. See, this is it. Are you willing and ready to receive whatever he has for you? Now, see, when when I say that, whatever he has for you, some people automatically get deflated because they don't think he has much for them. You got me? And so what he has is always sufficient for us. It's more than enough because that's the kind of God we serve. So he's never going to give you less than what you need, less than what he will never shortchange your need. He will never come under what you require for life. Uh, He's not that kind of God. He's not that kind of father. He's a God of more than enough, and we need to take him at his more than enough word. More than enough, why? Because there are certain things that are kingdom related that he wants his people involved in. He can't get the sinners involved in his business. They're not interested. They're not equipped. They're not called. At least not, they're not in motion to, to do these things. And so, so God has to work with his church. He chooses to work with his church. But he wants us to think about more than our, our natural comfort, more than our current natural situation, and sometimes more than what we've put before ourselves as ministry. You know, he wants us to think about getting involved in other people's lives as far as ministry is concerned, helping other individuals to come to a level of understanding God. When you minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to people, something just that simple, you're thinking more globally than you are locally because you're thinking of giving out something that God has caused you to possess And when you do that, you bring other people under the umbrella of God's anointing, his potential, his power. Uh, That person's spirit becomes alive to the things of God in a way that it was never alive before. That potential gets released in that individual just by that simple operation of the gift of the Holy Ghost being imparted to their lives. It's a very powerful thing. It's so powerful that in the book of Acts, Simon the Sorcerer, wanted to pay for the power that, that Pastor Shirley just, you know, it releases. She, she enjoys doing it. God's gifted her to do it. He's given her the ability and the gift to do it. And, and so it's, it's a part of her, such a normal part of her. But you've got to remember back in the day when people first started laying hands on people to receive that, somebody thought it was so powerful they wanted to pay to get the power to do that, just to lay hands on somebody to receive He wasn't trying to pay for himself, the Holy Spirit. He wanted to be the one to give it out to other people. So that's a treasured position. That's a highly valued position in God's kingdom. Amen. It ain't cheap neither, baby. You understand what I'm saying? You try to get somebody baptized in the Holy Spirit consistently. 
and see if don't sweat you and fret you a little bit, you know. But I thank God for her, that God blessed her to be able to do that. Amen. Praise God. And we can all receive that. I mean, we all have it in a measure. And, you know, as you operate in it, you'll perfect it and develop it, so forth and so on. But it's, it's powerful in the realm of the spirit. It's powerful in God to be able to impart life and blessing to people. So anything that we receive from God is part of our blessing. It's the birthright and the blessing. Everybody who's in the earth has received Christ has a birthright to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They can receive it. They have a right to receive it. But will they be blessed with it? If they're in that camp of unbelievers that we don't believe in that and we don't believe in speaking in tongues and I need to know what I'm praying before I, you know, when you pray in English, you don't know what you're praying. Because you ain't that smart. <laughs> and we're talking spiritual things here. You understand what I'm saying? you you got to wait for a revelation from God to even know what you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you say, Lord, I surrender all, you're talking in English, but you don't have a clue what that means. In reality, God has to reveal to you what you just prayed. So whether you pray in English or pray in tongues, you still have to have it revealed to you. You think you know what you ask God for. Huh? <laughs> Which I ain't going to even go there. I was thinking of something, but I ain't going there. Huh? You want God to bless you. You say, bless me, Lord. You don't have a clue what you just asked for. Huh? <laughs> the blessing starts coming toward you, and every time you start reaching out for it, the devil pops up and tells you it's not for you. You have a clue what you just asked for. Huh? You have a tiger by the tail trying to pull something into this natural realm as much hell as there is against a believer. Huh? The devil wants you to stand up there and say, God didn't tell you you could have that and walk off and leave it so he can devour it. Huh? And you go and get mad at God. Or he trying to bless you. We have a clue what we ask for. Huh? So don't get so testy about, you know, tongues and wanting to know all that kind of stuff. Just try to stick with your English thing. Huh? I have a friend, a friend who sends me text messages in tongues. <laughs> she types her tongues out. <laughs> it's really cute because sometimes she'll be so excited and overwhelmed. She went through a, a thing. Her father was very, very sick, refused dialysis, and they called the EMTs. And in three days, her dad was up walking around. She was shocked. She said, I thought he was ready to die. She said, and I see what God did with him in just three days. So she typed me some tongues on there. <laughs> Glory! It's time for typing them out then. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> see, miracle signs and wonders. It's, that'll take you over into a different realm altogether. That's what God wants to bring into our lives, folks. That's the blessing. The blessing part of it, the kingdom blessing part of it, is to bring the kingdom to manifest in the lives of humanity. Bring it down here where other people can enjoy it. They can walk in it. 
They can partake of it. It's not just a dream to them anymore. It's not a maybe. It's a sure thing. And you as a believer have the ability in God to bring that into manifestation. You have that ability. You have that ability. And so that's in the Amos 9.13 blessing. The kingdom purpose is to accelerate time and favor so that whatever it is that God has promised to you in your wildest dreams is possible and you see it happen. Huh? It's the season of the biggie. Where the biggie will be every day to us. You got me? It'll be every day. It'll be natural. It'll be more natural to be supernatural than it was the reverse. See, at one time we prayed and prayed and prayed forever just to see one supernatural breakthrough. But once the prayer is offered and the enemy has to give up certain territory and give up certain things... The devil isn't just giving up one thing when we pray. You know, you have to start thinking in terms of making known the principalities and powers, the manifold wisdom of God. When you make known to the the spirits that control, say, for instance, I'll give you a good example. In my lifetime, it was racism. Now, people are trying to resurrect it now, but you can't tell me Anything that it hasn't changed. That devil came down. He started to bow his knee to the word of God. You got me? It wasn't a political move. It wasn't a government move. It was a spiritual takedown of that spirit that had people fearful and had them controlled and had them stupid and in poverty in the South and all kind of crazy strangleholds that he had on things. And so what what the enemy's trying to do now, he's trying to resurrect that thing and make himself bigger than what he was to see if he can spook some people into bowing to him again. But see, once that devil, once you put pull the air out of that thing and deflate it, then it just will continue to fizzle and fizzle and fizzle until it totally fizzles out. And so you don't have to fear. In fact, as believers, we've never had to fear anything like that. You don't have to fear that. You don't fear other people. You know, if people are crazy enough to believe a lie, let them believe it. But it doesn't have to have any power over you and over your life. It never has and it never will. So you're a believer first. You're a Christian first. You know, and then you fit into these other little categories if you fit into any category at all. And so we are human beings. We're made in God's image. We have an entitlement in God to freedom and to liberty and to live free for him. We have number one freedom to worship. That's number one on the list. You don't have like freedom of speech. That's the only you get hit in in your mouth talking to some people. You understand what I'm saying? You think you got freedom of speech, but God doesn't really give you that. He gives you freedom to worship him. And after that, your speaking comes out of the heart of God. If there's anything like that going on, you're a child of God. You're obedient to God's spirit. And that's really all that that matters in any arena is that you obey God. You've got to know why God has you here on earth. What has he called you to do? What does he want you to do? What's he telling you to do every day? Every day that you get it, what is God telling you to do? If you don't know what he's telling you to do, ask him. 
God, what do you want me to do today? You'll find out he's got all kind of stuff going on that he expects you to get involved in. Huh? You know, it's not just about you and your little friends and trying to figure out who's got drama and who doesn't have drama. You know, it's about getting on your face before God and say, God, I'm born again. I have your spirit dwelling in me. What's that for? What am I to do with that? How am I to live for you every day? And start expecting kingdom purpose to start to come to life in your life. Kingdom purpose can be inviting friends to church. could be praying for them. It could be anything along those lines that will bring the kingdom a real make it the kingdom a reality to them how do you make it real in the lives of people who are so far removed from god that you know they don't think they can ever be happy or they don't you know they've been uh, abused or or they've been disappointed in life how do you make the kingdom real to those people you find out by talking to god about it Get, get on your face before God. God, I want to make a difference in my friend's life. I want to make an eternal difference in this person's life. And how do I go about doing that? See, and that's how it starts. So God's kingdom purpose is relatable to everybody, every believer on every level, no matter who they are, what they believe. Your children are involved in kingdom purpose. They'll have friends at school who have difficulties. You encourage them to pray for them you know, and be sincere about it. Don't just say pray and you know you don't pray. Come on now. You be sincere about these things. This, this is not for people who shuck and jive. You understand what I'm saying? If you, you really don't take it seriously, then I feel bad for you, but we're moving on. You understand? It's, it's time to move on and start to endeavor to do what God really wants us to do. So whatever is your wildest kingdom dream. Not personal, but kingdom. Not personal, but kingdom. Who do you want to see saved? Who do you want to see have relationship with God? Start looking at people that way. Start looking at them as people who have potential in God. People that you want to introduce the Lord to. Start looking at things that way. Amen? That's the only way kingdom purpose will be realized is when the people of God get God's vision for all of humanity. The Bible says he's not willing that anybody perish. He didn't want anybody to go to hell. So you need to, as a believer, find out if they know the Lord and are on their way to heaven. That's our business. That's very much our business to know about everybody. Whoever it is you come into contact with, you got to know, do they have relationship with God? How can God get into their lives? What do you want me to pray for these people, God? I'm open to whatever it is that you have for these individuals. And you will find out that there's kingdom work going on all the time. 24-7 God is working. Jesus said that. He says, my father worketh and hitherto I work. In other words, I just keep going and I keep doing what God the Father tells me to do. There's no such thing as there's no open door for ministry. The fields are white to harvest. Are you a laborer? If you're a laborer, then you'll set yourself as a laborer, keep yourself equipped, keep yourself ready, keep yourself on guard, keep yourself alert to open doors to share Christ with people. Many of our young people die on the vine because they get intimidated by sin. That's all it is. They're doing something you don't do. 
And then you got to form a judgment about it. They're either wrong, and if you think they're wrong, you're judging them, and then you're wrong, so you keep your mouth shut. Hmm? And so you're just intimidated by their sin. That's all. Well, God's not intimidated by their sin. Jesus went to the cross for their sin. He paid for that. You can tell any sinner, you know what? You 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 think that's fun, and I know you know deep in your heart it's not. God's got something better for you. You just do this because this is all you've ever been exposed to. Huh? God can expose you to a good life, a life free from sin, a life free from shame, a life free from embarrassment, a life free from drama. And free from problems on all levels. God can expose you to that type of life forever. He exposed me to it. I used to be just like you. You can talk, you can talk to people. You understand me? Just keep talking. As long as the Holy Ghost brings it up, you just keep talking. And you find yourself in kingdom purpose in your life with people that you thought were not interested in God. You'll never know if they're interested in God and not until you open your mouth in faith and believe God's put you in their life to bring them over onto his side. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe your purpose is to win souls to Christ. Not to you, to Christ. Get you out of the picture. You make yourself real small, just a voice like John the Baptist. Huh? You're just a voice. You're just somebody God's using to give them the good news. But don't be intimidated by people's sin. You know, tell them it's wrong. You know, man, you know that's wrong. You don't even feel good about what you do. That's why you got to have 15 people to tell you it's okay to do it. You know, just be real with people, folks. Learn how to get in there and be real and preach the gospel and share Christ with them. Share the saving power of Christ. Share how Christ empowered you to live a better life. And live a good life before men. Huh? Live an encouraged life. Live a great life before men. So what is your dream as far as kingdom is concerned? You might have three or four friends that you want to see get saved. If that's your dream, then God will do that. The Amos 9.13 season is for the realization of that kind of dream. You might have people on your job that are are nice people, but you know they're going to hell because they don't know the Lord. The way you can know if they know the Lord or not is do they habitually sin? Do they cuss? Do they smoke? They fornicate? They don't know God. I don't care if they are in the pulpit. They don't know God. See, when you know God, you endeavor to be Christ-like, like Jesus. Not like people make him up to be, but how he really is in the Bible. He didn't cuss. He didn't hear people say, Jesus drank wine. They never said that. They turned the water into wine. Huh? And at the Last Supper, it never said he drank the cup. We assume he did, but yeah. Hmm? Yeah, the other people drank that wine. His mother came to him for wine for the guests. You know, the in-laws, the outlaws, the freeloaders that all come to a wedding reception. That's what he was involved in. So I can see why he didn't want to do it at first. And my, my hour has not yet come. 
for this kind of stuff. I don't want to get involved with this right here. (laughs) But at the Last Supper, it doesn't say that he drank his cup because that was a symbolic cup. His real cup was to come at Calvary, right? Amen. Amen. He had to drink all of that bitter cup, so. Praise God. So anyway, but we know Jesus wasn't a sinner. He didn't do things to excess. It's possible to drink wine and not get drunk, but I don't know about it. (laughs) Some people can. I can't. I stay away from it. (laughs) Huh? I don't mess with it. That's why I don't mess with it. Some can, some can't. I guess. I don't know. It's best to stay away from all kinds of things that tempt you to excess. So what's your dream as far as God's kingdom is concerned? You must have a kingdom dream. You can't just sit and be a a Christian and not have a desire to see God's kingdom increase. You you can't. You've got to be involved and, and concerned about humanity, about their eternal fate about soul winning, you must be engaged in that. So dream your wildest dream. Sometimes, you know, and and many of us have had portions of dreams come true for us. You know, there are times where, you know, I'll just be minding my business in a grocery store or something and pray for somebody who's in pain or sick or something like that where it's noticeable that God touched them. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's a good thing to see those little things. But see, I know that's not enough. It's not enough to change the face of humanity. It's not enough to change human suffering. And so the Amos 9.13 season is going to accelerate and increase those happenings for us where we can expect every day you can get up and be excited because you can expect God to move on you to do something extraordinary to reveal his kingdom to somebody. Amen. Sometimes that'll it'll happen and it'll be a revelation to you that you will see over and over again. People have words of encouragement for you. People you don't even know, didn't even know, knew you. And so forth. We'll have uh, things encouraging things, answers to prayer, answers to curiosities that you've had, that God is moving, he's answering, he's bringing things, he's bringing his kingdom to you. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not, it, it doesn't come with observation. You can't see it. It's invisible. But then it's revealed. Amen. It's revealed to you by the Spirit. And so when you're in touch with God's kingdom, it's a kingdom of revelation. I have a personal dream. My dream is to empower believers at an accelerated speed. And amen. And see believers empowered with the power of God. Where they are clothed with power from on high. You know what I mean when I say clothed? I mean, it's more than praying in tongues, which is a manifestation of the power. It's a gift of God. But then there is a clothing that we wear uh, called the glory of God. And it's a manifestation of the tangible presence of God that allows for more of what God wants to happen to happen. Amen. 
So it's a, a clothing, a garment that believers wear. When we talked about the Lord uh, 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 outfitting the bride and, and bringing us garments, there are all kind of garments in his closet that he wants to put upon us. Well, these garments have to do with his manifested presence. They have to do with what uh, he wants us to wear at different times for different occasions. You may have an occasion, a healing occasion, and he brings a garment to you to put on for healing somebody. There may be an occasion for delivering people. He has a garment he wants you to wear for that. Expect him to give you these things. Listen, get it out of your mind That you've got to earn something. It's not for you. It's for other people pass you by. Stop doing that. I bind that spirit in Jesus' name. You're not going to rob people. You know, you're not going to sit here and let that sweep over you and you think it's for somebody else or you don't pay attention because you don't think that's you. That's you. If you're here, that's you. And pay attention and grab these things. God, I want to wear that. I know at least 15 people who are sick. I want to wear that. to get, get it in my size. Bring it to my house. I'm ready for it. You know, this is how people at Azusa Street, that's how those people went out in power. Some of them came in and just watched things. And some people came in and grabbed. They took ownership. Whenever God says he's freely giving something, take ownership, okay? I don't care what it is. Take ownership of it because it's for you. You don't have to be somebody. He's already made you somebody. You're enough of somebody already to wear what he has for you. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. And if you're too lazy to pray, kick your own self in the butt and start praying. Because I'm sick of kicking y'all about that. It's a prayer ministry. You should be praying. You should be glad to pray. You skip prayer and then feel sorry for yourself. And skip prayer and feel sorry. What Man up and woman up and start doing what you're supposed to do. Cut this foolishness out. It's too late for all of that. You know, it's just too late so let's get it in gear if you messed up repent and and get back in the game quit sitting up wallowing like you doing somebody a favor by feeling bad you ain't helping me feeling bad well nobody around me feeling bad about what you did wrong get up and do it right isaiah 52 8 He says, the watchmen shall lift up the voice with a voice together. They shall sing for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. You're we're seeing people now with the same vision, the same understanding of end time happenings. We don't have people talking about, oh, watch Israel and see what they're going to know. They're watching their neighbor to watch out for the glory of God outpoured on them to help humanity. We're not watching for signs anymore. We are the sign now. You got me? You are the sign. You're not watching for signs. So long people talk about end time. Oh, when you see this happening over here. we Listen, what's happening next door to you? 
You need to be the sign to your neighbor that's beating his wife every night. Huh? Some woman, grandmother, murdered a grandchild or something. Something stupid like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? These things don't have to be. As long as God has got believers down here on the earth, these things do not have to be. They don't. They don't have to be part of our report. And then people say, oh, I just can't believe that. I believe it. Because you're sitting up saying you can't believe it. Every time a believer says they can't believe the devil's doing stuff like this, that's when it happens. I believe it and Lord help me do something so it doesn't happen. Everybody's all appalled and, oh, what a shame. Shut up. Shame is for people who don't pray. It is. They always got some drama they want to add to something. Like, that's helping things. So when the watchmen see eye to eye, that means that everybody's watching for the same thing. When they see eye to eye, it also means that they see the Lord and what he's doing. And they converge together to understand what God wants to do right now. Not get ready, get ready, get ready. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It just left, it went, and you missed it. But what's he doing now? What is he doing now that he will empower me to do that I can get involved in now, right now, on my job, in my school, in every, anywhere in my family, everywhere that, what's he doing right now that I can get involved in? So watchmen are seeing more eye to eye. They're coming out of the woodworks now, so we're knowing who they are and what they've been watching. Prophets are seeing the same vision of the glory of God. They see empowered believers. They don't see stadiums with 10,000 bodies in it. See, when you see an empowered believer, you see somebody who can touch another human being with the glory of God to change that person. Huh? I'd rather take one empowered believer through a city than 10,000 pew sitters that don't know if they're saved or not. That only want God for one hour, hour and a half, or two hours tops twice a week. I want people who want God every day. That's nonsense. Let's want God every day. Whatever we do, let's want God every day. And let's see what he wants to do every day. And let's ask him for what we need and know he will give it to us every day. God, I'm not sure what I need to change my neighbor's mind about how they live. But I know you've got it for me. I'm asking you to give it to me. See, back in the day, people were afraid to ask because they were thinking, oh, that means I got to pray in tongues for two hours every morning, get up twice as early as I get up now. No, you just got to receive the empowerment of God. 
you got to get yourself straight on the inside of you so that you understand this is not a works thing. See, people don't like that. See, when I say pray an hour a day, you think, oh, yeah, that's the key. If that's the key, why don't you do it? If that's it, why aren't you doing it? Huh? Why isn't everybody doing it? That would be so easy if that really were the key. You mean all you got to do is clock in and clock out? And God will... You got me? Right. That's why we don't do it, because we know better. You've got to understand that whatever is necessary, God will put you in it, and it won't be a decision that you make to do this clock in and clock out. It'll be upon you to do it. You'll get it done. It'll be like normal stuff for you. It won't loom over you like a a threat. Oh, if I don't do this every day, God won't come down and do anything for anybody. My neighbors are going to hell because I don't pray an hour a day in tongues. Listen, it's time to kill Isaac. Tell everybody sitting around you it's time to kill Isaac. Isaac must die. (laughs) What do I mean when I say that? Isaac was the promise that God gave to Abraham at a certain time in his life. But then there was a time when Isaac started to take over as the purpose for Abraham's life. If that weren't true, you got me? Sometimes what God's promised you gets to be it. Sometimes the way God has brought things into your life gets to be. Praying in an hour a day in tongues has been around for a long time. as the way to get anything from God. And it's worked for some people. But for this, it ain't going to work. None of your Isaacs that he's given you. That you've carried around and nurtured and it's been so wonderful. And it's, look at him. Just my pride and joy. Your pride and joy has got to give way to relationship with God. Yeah. Your pride and joy has got to give way to relationship with God. Huh? There are people who live off the gift of prophecy. I'm going to hate to tell them, but that's going to dry up. As your calling card for everything that you get involved in. Do you understand what I'm saying? God will say, you know what? I kept you in that season to develop you. And now let that go. And I will have to move you on to something else. Revelation that sold 10, 10 million copies for you. Uh-oh. Ow! 
publisher go kill me. I can't sell. I got to sell 20 million this year. Time to kill Isaac. Your pride and joy. Ouch. Oh, I knew this was going to happen to me one day. I said that to myself. One day God's going to come and tell me I can't do this anymore. What am I going to do? You're going to love God. You're going to love, we're going to find out how much you really love Jesus. I've been preaching you love Jesus all these years. We're going to find out how much you really love him. <laughs> we're going to find out. It's true. Abraham went up to the mountain to sacrifice his son. But this is what he knew before he went up. And this is what you got to know. When God tells you to let something go, you've got to see him with the power to raise it up again if it's something that's power and promise to you. If you don't see the resurrection power of God, in the things that you do, you won't be very effective for him. The people who see the resurrection life and power have no problem taking Isaac up and laying him on the altar. You know, people say, oh, I laid Isaac on the altar. Oh, no, baby, you got to kill him. Are you kidding me? You mean you just you think that's impressing God? You got to sit. You got him sitting up there on all them sticks of wood. And you ain't even got no fire up under the boy. I mean, how does God know what you mean? How you know how's God know if you're serious or not? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, I, I I I I would let go of everything except I this is one gift that I know God won't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know Jack, which means you don't know God. You understand what I'm saying? You have no clue. Because it wasn't until Abraham, he never would have seen the ram in the bush if he hadn't put that knife up. And on the way down, he says, oh, look what's over there. I knew God would provide a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hope you all got it, but. So you got to see yourself without that. And God filling it up with something that he wants you to have instead. You got to let him call the shots. If he not if he ain't calling the shots, he's not Lord. He's not God. So we can forget all this, you know, God, I love God and God told me this and God's going to do that. We can forget all that if we're not willing to kill Isaac. You got me? And I mean kill him because he'll be raised up again. The Bible says Abraham saw Isaac in a figure. being He knew God was able to raise him up again. You've got to see God in his resurrection power form because many people's lives are too full. They're full of nonsense. Now when I say kill Isaac, I'm talking about something that's spiritually significant to you. There are people who God wants to serve him with all of their hearts that are too busy with carnal things. If he's requiring this of us, what do you think he's requiring of people? They're really going to scream. 
You understand what I'm saying? There are a lot of people who are enjoying a life now that God has not really ordained for them. And the days are coming to a close that they're going to be able to live that peacefully. You see what I'm saying? Because there's too much hell loose in the world for God to allow his children to un- to enjoy carnal pursuits while the world goes to hell. Come on now. This doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make sense to a crazy person. So he's just getting us adjusted. What usually happens with people who think they want certain things that the world has to offer, they start looking at the life that the believer lives in the Amos 9.13 blessing. And they say, why am I killing myself to just put bread on the table? I could be living like People watch us, folks. Make sure you're living in God. But people watch you. And they see that you're not killing yourself with two, three, and four jobs just trying to have a few material things. And you can't sleep at night. You don't have any rest. You can't do this. You can't do that. They get tired of killing themselves if they knew another way. And see, this is what we show them. Now, they might laugh at you because they think you don't have this and you don't have that. But there's always somebody that's on a higher level than they live. And God will point to. Huh? Who's living the Amos night? There's somebody. There's a parallel for everybody and there's somebody up higher. That'll confuse them. Because they look at some people. Well, they don't have as much as that. Well, what are you going to do about this person over here that's got all that in a bag of chips and you're still struggling? How do you reconcile that? That life, you see. So God's got a convincer out there. Amen. We're all witnesses. We're all people that God can point to as people who live in his favor and live in his blessing and live stress-free and live a life of faith. That when we pray for something, it comes to pass. And in the Amos 9.13 season, it will accelerate if you let God have his way in your life. If you're trying to hold on and make your own way and scared of everything and don't want to give and all that kind, you're not going to partake of this. This is for people who really will let God have his way. I've given money to people I hardly even know. Believing God that he that person was placed in my life for a reason and if God placed that person in my life, God, what do you want me to do that I'm in, in this person's life? What do you want me to do? Not what do they owe me and what can see. This is the wrong thing. We spend so much time trying to figure out if it's God, did he tell me to do it? Uh, and if I do that, what's going to happen here? You'll never figure it out. The life of faith is not a figure out life. The life of faith is constantly going forward, doing what God tells you to do. Go forward some more, doing what you go forward, go forward, go forward, go forward. And don't figure anything. Because your figuring is always going to come out wrong. You're going to find out you don't know how to add and subtract after all. Huh? Because you figured all wrong. So instead of figuring, just make up your mind. You're going to trust God, live by faith. 
do the best you know how to do with the resources that you have and keep living for him. Just keep living for him. So when the watchmen see eye to eye, you'll find many people converging on the same vision, the same scripture of the power of God being poured out like the waters cover the seas. That's it. That's how this that's how this dispensation of the church is going to end up. That's how we'll get to be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle or any such thing, because we've given all to the Lord. He has total freedom to straighten out our lives so we can carry more power. That's all he's doing. Straighten us out so we can carry more. Straighten us out so he can clothe us with more. Straighten us out so he can empower us with more. Straighten us out so that we can do more for him. I didn't say you straighten yourself out with your one hour praying in tongues every day. Now let's stop that. What do I need to do? Just shut up and let him work. Worship him. Keep your covenant of worship with God. When I say worship, I mean, hi, God. Are you there? Whether I can feel you or not, I got to believe you're there. No mood music. Just you and God. Huh? Just you and him. God, I bless you. I thank you. I bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him do I. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. I thank you, Jesus. Keep my feet in a plain path today. I love you, Lord. Bless me, Jesus. Bless me. Help me. Encourage me. Keep me on a straight and narrow today, Lord. Let me do something wonderful in your kingdom today, Lord. Use me. Let me be a participant in what you're doing. I'm your partner down here. Choose me first. Don't pass me by. Let me get involved with you today, Lord. You think the Holy Ghost won't descend on you when you start operating like that? Now, did I play any Hillsong or Fred or... You can bump yourself right on out of the spirit. Tell somebody, kill Isaac. Kill Isaac. Well, some people don't even have an Isaac, so to kill. But if you don't, that's for you, too. When you get one. Some people got to do a little catching up. Lucy, you got some catching up to do. More and more people are wanting power on their words. Write that down, everybody. Because it, you know what? You'll sit here and look at me and think, what's she talking about? I'll be glad when next week comes so we'll be on some. We ain't getting off this, okay? This is it. In the words of the late Mr. Michael Jackson, this is it. There is nothing else. After this, the rapture. So I don't know what else y'all looking for to move on to. You know, it's in grade school. 
You don't skip the part that's uncomfortable. You just own it. Huh? Listen, I got about five different sizes of clothes in my closet. I own them all. I can't wear them all right now, but I own them all. You understand what I'm saying? Some things, when you first hear it, is tight. But you own it anyway. Put it in the closet. Huh? Put it back in the back for when you drop them however many line pounds you keep lying about. But you know you got a day and a time where that's going to be fashionable again. It's going to have to go out of style and come back before we lose them lying pounds. But y'all know what I'm talking about. So if it's tight right now, just own it, okay? So I'm taking it home with me. I know exactly where I need to put it, but I'm owning it right now. See, I'm owning it right now. People understand negative and positive confessions. I'm talking about sinners. Everybody understands that. That's part of the whole earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Where sinners know better than to say something either unkind, unfriendly. I'm not saying they exercise it all the time, but they know better. And so the the fact that people understand the power in words is a great indicator that God is about to put more power on the words of his people. Amen. Because everybody wants it. But they're afraid of it. Even Christians are afraid of it. But we're going to get to the place where we understand how to conceive in our hearts the things of God. And then hold them until it's time for the release by our words by unction. I'm going to say that again. We'll understand how to receive The revelation of God in our hearts and hold it until the unction comes to release it. We'll be real prophetic people, in other words. We're we're just getting accustomed to it. We're getting used to being discreet. We understand better than to get emotional and start flying off the handle and cussing and carrying on and get emotional and spit out a lot of words. We're understanding, though, but you're going to go one better. You're going to start to hide the word in your heart now so that you don't have the occasion to have something else in there and it comes out and it does harm and it does damage. So we'll have a discipline about us because we'll spend time with the Lord in worship and spend time edifying And building up and magnifying God. And when you magnify him, he magnifies you in the same way. See, your spirit grows as you increase God in your life. As you worship him and exalt him, spend your time. You don't even have to get out of bed to do this. You know, I mean, come on now. I'm getting up an hour earlier so I can. You ain't doing it. Okay, if you were going to do it, you'd do it already and quit talking about it. This is something you can do in your rolling over in the bed. I'm going to make it easy for you. Roll over. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you. I praise you. I worship you. Magnify you. You'll find yourself being lifted up out of the bed by a force that you have never experienced before. Raising you up to where he is. And once he begins to fill you, seek him early. 
once he begins to fill you by seeking him early, you'll find that your whole day is consumed with back and forth between you and the Lord. Instead of shooting your witness at work and cussing everybody out, leaning on that horn on the... You could go somewhere and really look like a Christian. And act like one. And be one. Huh? Yeah, people say woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Just waking up, period, wrong. You understand? You can wake up wrong, period. Not one side or the other, but you can just be wrong getting up. So God will fix a way for you to, to keep your covenant of worship with him and wake up right every morning. Lord, I thank you. I bless you and I praise you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. I'm not going to worry about where this is coming from, that's coming from, where it's going, where it's coming. I have no cares because I cast my cares on you. You care for me. You love me. I am your prized possession. I'm the pearl of great price. You have great things in store for me today that I can get involved in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing me, keeping my body healthy and strong. Thank you, Lord, to restore to me the years that the locusts have eaten. Restore to me the things that the enemy has taken from me, taken from my soul, my peace of mind, my health, my expectation, my godly expectation. I thank you for restoring godly expectation that I have a good outcome of my life. That I have an expected end because you expect only good for me today, Lord. Thank you that I can do good today. I will do good today. Because you're with me. You're guiding me. I'm your person on this street where I live. I represent you. Now that's better than reciting some list of who I am in Christ. See, that's coming from your innermost being. That's what you know who you are. You understand what I'm saying? It's not something up here you read on a piece of paper and try to force yourself to believe it. People want more power on their words. You're going to get it. You've got to be faithful to God. This is not for, you know, if you're in it for you. You know what I'm saying? People have been putting you down all your life. You want to show people you're more than... Don't don't even try it, okay? This ain't for that. This is not for that. This is not for proving to people who you are. I mean, the minute the Holy Ghost smells that on you, man, you busted. You're a total shot down busted. So what you need to do before you even get over into expecting greatness for you... Is just say, God, you know what? I don't have an agenda. Amen. You know, just, just push it all off the table. Just no agenda. I don't care if I never, you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you have for me, God, that's more than enough. Your El Shaddai. Huh? Your little bit is more than what I can handle. Huh? And let's get with God for real. Instead of some concept that we borrowed off of somebody because we're too scared to go to God and get it for ourselves. Huh? We're so heavily invested in somebody else's pseudo-doctrine. 
And a lot of this stuff, they don't believe themselves. They done borrowed it off of somebody. Everything is second and third hand. There's nobody going up to the mountain of God like Moses did and spending time with him face to face and getting what they need from God. We got a lot of people down on the ground looking up there and wondering what's going on. Said, well, it's been Moses been up there how long? Woo! Ten to, I couldn't stand it for ten minutes. Let's go bring us a let's go build us a golden calf. Let's dance. Sure. And you go put your mood music on. Everybody say kill Isaac. (laughs) Woo! You're going to learn the difference between a feeling and God. The Holy Spirit is more than a momentary feeling that comes upon you when his presence descends for a minute. You get excited and then he shoots off somewhere. You scare him off. (laughs) God wants people like Jacob. Who said, you know what? God has made me righteous. I'm going to make him prove it to me. I'm not going to let him go until he blesses. I have to wrestle with him all, but I'm looking for the blessing. You know, the difference between wrestling with God all night long, like Jacob did in in the one hour prayer in tongues, mandatory. It's one of them is sincere. You're desiring God. The other ones you copied off somebody else's nonsense that they say they do. And it's not getting them much of anything. Just because they built a ministry on it, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you for what God wants you to do. But I know one thing that works every time is relationship with God works every time. If you're hard after God, if you're after him in relationship, how does he relate to us? He shares himself with us. He imparts to you his essence and his life, who he is, what he believes, what he perceives about you. Those things get pushed to the inside of you where you can't refuse them. They become a reality to you and a part of you. And you learn about him. Isn't that what he said? Come unto me, all you. And he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. In other words, yoke up with me. Forget your mood music. Forget your funny tapes with all, you know, sessions 15, 20, and 35 that you've listened to all of them. Just check yourself off. You're a good girl for the day. But you haven't found God. He wants fellowship. That's what he died for. He suffered all that suffering not to give you more lists of things to do to think you've got him. But to have real relationship with you and you and you and you and you and you and me. Everybody. He's big enough to embrace us all and love us deeply enough that we believe we're the only valuable person in the world. Huh?
He's small enough to fit into our lives and understand us. And let you know he cares about you. He cares deeply about you. He wants to give us a new song to sing. You understand what I'm saying? Something fresh that that came from from relationship with him. Something that we can take with us that ministers to us over and over again. That kind of thing. He wants it to be lasting and memorable. So one of the, the, the kingdom purposes in the Amos 9.13 blessing is to empower the words of believers. Believers will be saying the same thing that people in the secular world say, but believers will have instant manifestation. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. You'll see people wanting to see things, and in, in, in we've seen it already. You see little trickles of it. You'll see laws coming into effect that are ungodly, unjust laws. And you'll see one believer stand up and speak against it, and shoot, it disappears. You got that? It disappears. There's no more. Michelle Duggar just did that with the... They want to put transvestites in the same bathroom as your baby girls. And she said, no, you're not going to do that here. And they changed it. See, that's the glory of God. That's an empowered word that somebody who is so invested in God and God is so invested in them that they are not content to sit down and talk about the drama and how bad it is. They say, you know what, my God will put a word in my mouth and give me wisdom. They won't be able to argue with it. They won't be able to negate it. And it will come to pass. Period. And that's all you believe. And you go about life that way. Things like that won't be rare. They'll be commonplace. As God accelerates time, we'll see more of his glory cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. His glory happens to be invested in his people. So we will see more people carrying the power of God. That's what that scripture is referring to. And it's not just in Habakkuk 2. It's all over the Bible. There's more than one. There's more than seven instances, I think, of that scripture. That the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. People are going to know it's God. They're not going to think it's the psychic network or the, you know, uh, uh, Long Island medium or anybody like they're going to know it's God. And they're going to be able to discern and choose God and not be deceived by deceivers. There'll be too much knowledge of God for people not to know it's him. So he will convince people. We won't have to argue with people the word. You know, these things where they debate whether uh, the earth was, was, you understand what I'm saying? It won't be a debate thing anymore. It'll be a knowledge thing. It'll be a revealed God to them. Habakkuk 2.14, 1 through 14, talks about the day of vengeance of our God, where righteousness prevails over wickedness. There will not be wickedness running rampant and us not be able to do anything about it. Righteousness will prevail over wickedness. 
All over the Bible it talks about a day of reckoning. You know what reckoning is? It's where you, <laughs> like the handwriting on the wall. <laughs> the Bible's full of instances where people got reckoned. You know, it's, it's like, your, you know, your bank statement, it comes on a certain day every month, right? That's a day of reckoning. That's where your balance is reconciled. It's what you really got in the bank with what, what you think you got in the bank. Huh? That's a day of reckoning. What, what does your life really, how does God really look at your life versus what you think he thinks about it? It's a day of reckoning. And it comes for the sinner. Hello? There's a, an end to where sin is going to be tolerated in the earth. Period. It's judged already. It's just God's mercy that's keeping people here even though they are in sin. Because he's allowing them an opportunity to repent. But when the day of reckoning comes, it's, it's, uh, 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 meeny, take hell, you farson. Uh, you've been, you've been weighed in the balances and you're a little bit short, brother. You're very much lacking. Huh? And it's over right now. You got me? And so God does not tolerate unrighteousness forever. He won't. And the more blatant and in God's face people are, the harder and swifter the judgment becomes before them. That's all over the Bible. When Nebuchadnezzar's son was in there, they were drinking. These were goblets and and chalices that were sanctified to God's temple. And they were getting drunk in it. Well, it was over for them. You don't drink like that out of something that's set apart and holy for God. So when God decides to weigh somebody, he just does it. He doesn't ask your permission. He doesn't ask my permission. Well, that's Babe Brown. I've been praying for him. Oh, he's, he's been a little short. He's been, he had added up and his checkbook is short. Got some bounced checks out there. So the day of vengeance of our God, where righteousness prevails over wickedness. Those who build in unrighteousness will be drowned in the outpouring of his glory. They'll all know the truth. Well, I thought we had those Christians on the run. I thought they were going to let us have their children in their schools. No. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 12, woe to him that builds a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Hmm. Ouch. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity? For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. Woe to him that gives his neighbor drink. That puts your bottle to him, makes him drunk also, that you may look upon his nakedness. I mean, that's your topless bar. 
I mean, we're shutting them down. But we're just going through an exercise. You know what I'm saying? We're just looking at the hands and the mouth, making sure it works. But there will come a day when they shoop, 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 shoop. Because God will be sick of it. Sexual immorality, drug addiction, alcohol addiction will be judged. Purveyors of pornography. Human traffickers. Prostitution. All of that stuff will be judged. Homosexuality will be judged. Why? Because righteousness will flood the earth. Righteousness is more powerful than wickedness. Righteousness will not move out of the way and keep quiet for wickedness. Period. When it's time, it's time, folks. The Bible speaks of water as the waters cover the seas. We know water refers to people. The word water also refers to nations and groups of people in the earth. So we're talking about nations of people turning to God. As the waters cover the seas, there will be whole nations of people converted to the Lord. The phrase is used in the Bible to designate, to denote nations and peoples. We said that God is the voice of many waters or many nations. So when God's voice begins to roar, as the, as the seas roar, it's a roar that's coming up out of his people for righteousness and declaring the righteousness of God. Uh, no more intimidated and backing down. You'll see, you're seeing more bolder people who don't care. You find a Christian who doesn't care about the things of this life and you've got a dangerous person on your hands. And we're going to see more and more of them. God will raise them up. Because there are a lot of people who are Christians who have never been attached to the things of this world anyway. I mean, they're born in the world detached from the world's goods. And never get attached. Dangerous people. Dangerous people. You know, you're you're abused and battered, almost aborted children. Dangerous people. You're rejected children, impoverished children. Just dangerous people. Right now, you're seeing more. a lot of them recruited for Muslims. But God knows the ones that are his. You got me? And so he'll, he'll do his own recruitment. God knows how to press people into service, and he knows when. And so there will be more and more dangerous people alive on this earth. People who haven't bowed the knee to Baal could care less about popularity, could care less about uh, millions and billions. They handle billions every day and and live off of a a, maybe a a 10-figure salary or something like that. Don't even go into, um, I'm sorry, not 10, um, five figures and don't go into six. You understand what I'm saying? They have no desire for the world's goods. Dangerous people. Because the less they desire, the more they're like Christ and the more he can give them a voice that he can honor in the earth. And he'll do things at those people's words because they're not entangled with the world's bondage. You know, he could use some people he's got in service now, but they're too entangled with the world's nonsense. They'd scream if they weren't on the bestsellers list. Pull their hair out, try to get back on there again. 
The end time believer is also the bride. Psalm 2.8. Oh, I'm sorry. Habakkuk 3. I want to finish that. I'll probably stop with that one. God is uh, uh, in Habakkuk 3. It's a prayer for asking God to revive his work in the midst of the years. He says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge. We'll revive it, God. Just bring it to us now. Bring us your work back again. Bring us what they had. What are we looking for? Bring us what the early church had. Bring us what the book of Acts had. You know, almost forget Azusa Street. You know what I'm saying? That was a a trickle or a drop in a bucket. Better than what we got in some places now. You know what I'm saying? But our vision is greater than that. Because we have the Bible. We see where 5,000 people are converted. I mean converted. I ain't talking about coming into your building. I'm talking about people's hearts are given over to God for real. And so those things are the things that we want God to revive. We want him to revive that power and that glory. Where you could go into jail. If your pastor got jailed, you could pray and they could come out. They'd be sitting at the dinner table with you that night. And no bail bondsman, no nothing. The charges just got dropped. They just made up their mind. They didn't want you in their jail no more. You understand what I'm saying? And so these are the things that, that believers have to partake of in order to do the work of God. This is not some stupid privilege that we have. We just want to go to jail and get out in a hurry. But if, if jail presents itself for the sake of the gospel and you decide you want your exit out of there, you can have that because of the power of God working in the believers. Where, where your church won't try to decide if you're guilty or innocent, they'll just pray for you to get out. They'll know you answer to a higher law anyway. What does Caesar have in putting my pastor in jail? If something's wrong in their life, let God judge. They don't have any power to judge them. And so these things, folks, are not, these are not fables. These, I didn't cleverly devise this to put something together to get you to believe in nonsense. But if you, you let your carnality go and let relationship with God be what you want. Tell God you want what he wants for you. Just get this stuff. God, clear my plate off. I don't have nothing that interesting on my plate anyway. Huh? Just bills, work, more bills, more work. This stuff about killing Isaac sounds real enticing to me, God. Really, I've been, I've been wanting to kill me somebody for a long time. I mean, that ought to be enticing to everybody at some level. You understand what I'm saying? I got bills I want to kill. I got relatives. You know what I'm saying. Whatever it is. Whatever your Isaac is that you want to murder today. You know, God, I think that sounds like something I might want to get involved in. Just that part of it is, is interesting to me. Whatever. You know, let God know you're interested. Let him know. And don't be afraid. See, the first thing that comes to you, what am I going to have to give up? <laughs> Everything. I'll answer that question for you right now. Everything. You don't have nothing that's worth keeping compared to what he'll give you. Huh? What did Abraham get in exchange for Isaac? He got us. Every Christian that's, uh, and every Jew that ever lived is a son and a daughter of Abraham. He's got two inheritances running around here. So I say he got the better end of the bargain there. And he got Isaac too. You got me? Because he knew Isaac would be included in that and be raised up with us. 
So you're not losing anything, folks. You're being freed. You're being released from your own prison that you made for yourself, doing the best you could trying to be spiritual. But spiritual is not something that you try to be. It's something that God imputes to you. It's something he imputes to you. It's the blessing on top of the birthright. You don't want a blessing that's stolen. You want, it, you want to be entitled to it. You want to have the birthright. You got legal papers and legal claims that says it belongs to you. And then you possess it. They put it in your hands. It's fulfilled. And that's what you want. You want the twofold witness of what God is doing for you and doing in you. I can't tell you the goodness of God that God has poured out to me recently. And I wasn't living a shabby life. You're not living a shabby life either. But I can tell you right now from where I was a few months back, it's totally, totally different now. Because of of what I've allowed God to reveal to me. And I want to position myself to allow him to reveal more to me of his goodness. See, you can live in a place of obedience to God, you think, without his goodness and a knowledge of his goodness in your life, and you're not going to make it for very long. See, you've got to be a partaker of his goodness. You've got to know it's for you. You've got to embrace it, and you've got to run with it. You've got to take ownership of it. So if you're trying to partake of the, the, the things of God, just through what you think you know, you're on the wrong road and you've got to let that go. And you've got to let him, you've got to learn about him. Let him teach you about himself. You don't need anybody else involved in that except people that he will bring to help that process. But this clinging to, to man and man's doctrine and all that kind of stuff, we ought to be through with that by now. Any honest person. It's like the Pharisees, the religious people during Jesus' time. They claimed they did the law. They didn't really do it. They claimed they did, and they were willing to kill him because he was messing with their tradition, but they couldn't fulfill the law anyway. And the sinner and the prostitute said, "We what law? I don't know. I'm not no Jew. Just bless me. Heal me. Whatever. Jesus, I love you. Whatever I have to say. A woman with the issue of blood snatched a, 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 a healing from him. She didn't care. She just wanted Jesus, what he had. To make her life better. You understand what I'm saying? Just honest, hard down honest, no religion, no pretense. Oh, Lord, I worship thee and I bless thee and I'm doing this right and I'm doing that right. And, you know, I got this message and that message and all of this wonderful stuff. Depart from me, (laughs) thou worker of iniquity. I don't know you. Who are you? I don't know you. You haven't spent any time in my presence. I didn't give you what you want running around here thinking is so wonderful. Let go of it. Huh? Yeah. They're going to make people let go of their pet doctrines in order to get him. I mean, if it's something that, that's holding you back, it might be the word. It might be true. It might be blessing you. But if it's bigger in your life than God is, it's going if you want him. I mean, if you want him. Now, if you want what you got, you hold on to it. But I'm telling you, there's a greater that's, that's him. Huh? 
He'll change you. You know, for, for 12 years, I walked around thinking that God hadn't done something in my life that he did, and he finally revealed to me that he did that so long ago. You see how retarded you can be in, in the things of God and, and hoping for something and trying to hang on and feel good about God and all? He says, you know, Barb, just, just it's time. Just let it go. You understand what I'm saying? I, I said, God, I feel like a hot mess, and I didn't hear anything, which in translated, you are a hot mess. You see, I agree with you. That's the way you feel. We'll go with that. But just let it go. You understand what I'm saying? Just, just let go of everything. There's so much God can impart to you that will bring life to you that if you let go of your, your uh, I, can't, I can't find the time to do this, God, and I know if I could find the time to do this, you would bless me more and give me more power and give me, shut up. <laughs> and just let him have what he needs to have so that he can help your life. You know, God blessed me. He told me, you know, and this was something I told you about the vision I saw my my husband, you know, in heaven with Jesus. And the Lord said, well, you know what? What I really wanted to tell you, and, you know, you feel like your heart just comes out of your. You know, we were in a conversation 12 years ago, and I never listened to what he had to say to me. That's painful. That hurts. But you know what he told me? He said, I wanted to let you see your husband was well and whole with me now in heaven. He said, and I appreciated that you prayed for him to get him here. That's what I wanted to tell you. Those words can take you through disappointments, through pain, through a lot of things that I walk through not feeling good about them simply because I wouldn't listen and spend that time with him. I thought I had to do something to prove to him that I didn't feel bad about a lot of stuff that I felt bad about. Do you understand what I'm saying? This will clean your clock. You understand what I'm saying? You, you won't have, I mean, if you got anything left in you that's not right, let him have that too. But see, this will help you. Things that I felt God didn't want me to have, I found out I made the choice not to make those important so my husband could be saved. Do you understand me? It was my choice. Not his, but mine. He said, you did the best you could at the time. He said, I could bring you all of those things, but you chose the better part that could not be taken away from you. You understand me? When you choose the better part, you don't have any regrets. You don't have any misgivings. You don't have any, uh, I wish I had done this, or why didn't he give me this, or did I pray enough, or did I didn't do any? Ah! You chose that. He said, that's fine with me. He said, forget Kenneth Hagin's list of things that they tell you you're supposed to tell me I'm supposed to give you. He said, forget all man's doctrine. He said, you belong to me. He said, whatever we decide goes on with your life is cool with me. So you've got to have relationship. Relationship will change you. It'll change you into what God wants you to be instead of a cookie cutter 
Now, you can do the best you can with steps and formulas, but I'm telling you, if you want to get where he wants you to be, you got to let that stuff go. It ain't going to work for the end times. It ain't working for us now if we tell the truth. You see what I'm saying? So God has something better for you, got something better for me. It's locked up in him and relationship with him, but it's available. It's attainable. This isn't something you can't do. This isn't like, you know, forget you didn't pray all for a whole hour today and think you've lost it all for a few minutes. Come on, let's get real here. That ain't where we live. That's not how we live. Like David said, you know my frame, God. You know I'm just dust. Huh? See, we think that's a cop-out. That'll help you. That'll help you. While we have a little music, we got to get out of here in an hour. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell God you're available. You understand what I'm saying? Tell him you're available. We've all made decisions to forego certain things in life we think we're supposed to have them you make decisions god honors them that's the kind of god we serve he doesn't force anything on anybody but he wants us all to participate in what he has for us that's very important to his heart that brings him joy that when his children when god when god's children walk in the promises it brings him great joy great joy Everything that we need is wrapped up in him. Everything. Don't let anybody talk you out of relationship. I started out with relationship with God. He healed me of a mental depression because of relationship. I wasn't in a church. I couldn't get to one. I couldn't sit still long enough. But God healed me through relationship, me reaching out to him, him revealing himself to me, and me knowing him. And so if I started out that way, I'm very glad to end up that way. You understand what I'm saying? You, you just dance with the one that brought you. You know, stay with the faithful partner. Don't let these things slip because they're very important. They will carry you through until the day of the Lord, whichever comes first. Amen. Lord, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to be in your presence today. We thank you, Jesus. For being the author and finisher of our faith. That we don't have to feel that we've missed anything in life because we've had you. You're the most important. You're not a thing, you're a person. God, forgive us for getting you confused with things. That because we didn't have certain things that we're missing you. Father, I thank you that the absence of things doesn't mean we have more of you. But we each, according to what we desire, can partake of who you are and allow you to be real to us. Allow you to take over, change us into other people because of your power and your glory. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Everybody say, kill Isaac. I want more of you, Jesus. Just what you have for me is fine. It's more than enough. It's more than satisfying. I receive it. I own it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God.
Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you before we go. Praise God.